past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad you're here today and you are going to be glad you're here because we are talking with Lori Howard, international recognized executive career coach, leadership consultant, and we are going to be talking about how you take that next step up to the executive level. Now, if you're not at the executive level, don't turn this off because she's going to be giving you some great tips for getting noticed and and becoming recognized as a leader, no matter which level you're at, but really giving you some keys to success if you're looking to take that next step into an executive leadership role. And Lori, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Murray. I'm excited to be here with you today. Yes, and this is a great topic because right now is the season where people are thinking about that promotion. You know, how do I plan to get where I want to get in 2022? It's hard to even think that way, but that is where (laughs) we're at, right? And so tell us a little bit about how you got started in this business. You know, I think I I trace my business back to this one moment in my previous career. I was a high-performing, high-achiever, working in a corporate management role. I was working in a tech company uh, in downtown Chicago, and I just found out that a colleague of mine had been promoted to vice president. And the first thing I thought was, why is that not me? Um, I stormed into my boss's office, demanded to know why I didn't get a promotion to vice president to. Uh, I was quite arrogant at that moment in my life and thought, well, I'm better than he is. Why am I not getting vice president promotion? I was also very fortunate to work for someone who saw past my anger and my arrogance to my potential. And he just looked at me and calmly said, is that something you want? And I thought, what are you talking about? Of course, that's what I want. And then I realized we never talked about that. I never told him I wanted it. I just assumed he knew. And that was one of the mistakes that I had made. He then proceeded to work with me for the next 12 months so that I could earn my own title as vice president. I was very proud at that moment in my career. I was the first female with an executive level title on the technology side in the company I worked for, and I deserved that title and that role. But it took me a long time to get that promotion because I didn't know what it took. I mistakenly thought the qualities that got me where I was would take me the rest of the way, and I started to realize I was wrong. So when I launched my own business several years later, I, I just have such a passion for people who are moving from the management level to the executive level. And um, my clients are, are quite commonly really values-driven, servant leader, model leaders. And they often find themselves feeling invisible, wondering, why am I not getting seen? Why am I not getting promoted? What am I missing? Am I, am I not qualified enough? What's going wrong? And I really just have a great passion to help those people get seen, get valued, and get paid what they deserve. 
Oh, I love it. Well, and as you said, you're in technology, and a lot of times in technology, the path to get to that executive level can be a little bit different, right? You're, you're technical, and then you move up, and, and that can be a challenging path. So it's great for your clients to have someone who's walked in that path before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little very, very nice. Than it was, than it has been in the past. Okay, well, let, let's go there. So what are some of the challenges that you see your clients facing today? You know, the first thing is that people believe that if they're doing good work and they're elevating their teams, that they don't have to tell anyone what they're doing, that they will automatically be seen, that their manager, their vice president, whoever's above them should should know that they're doing a good job. And I think the reality is that everybody's busy. Everybody's focused on the next problem to solve. And so if you're not presenting a problem to solve, unless you've pretty much jumped in and saved the day on something, they're not going to know you exist because it's kind of that whole thing where the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You're not a squeaky wheel. And then you become invisible if you don't know how to showcase and highlight what you've done in a way that doesn't feel like bragging, which is an important element to my clients. Um. Yeah, that that being able to talk about yourself is everyone's challenge in some ways, isn't it? (laughs) It is. It is. Even my clients who are successful in sales have a hard time selling themselves sometimes. So, um, it's a special, it's a specific skill set that we all need to learn, and it becomes more important the further up the, kind of further up the ladder you get. Uh, I think there are a couple of other qualities that people just don't realize they need to have and need to demonstrate as they want to move up. What are some of those? So I think the first thing, you know, the first shift between sort of manager and executive is demonstrating an ability to think strategically and to really be able to to ha- to hold the vision for what's happening as well as make sure something's getting executed and getting done. Um, and so that's often my clients have been working strategically, but they don't think to communicate about strategy. And that's mm-hmm. definitely an area I see them struggle. Yeah, and some people are intimidated by that idea of strategy. I've worked with clients and heard people kind of say, well, I'm not strategic. And it's like, well, that's a skill, right? It's not a, I think sometimes we think it's a quality being strategic. It's like, no, it's a skill that everyone can learn, right? Exactly. And that's kind of one of the things that I like to remind people of, you know, all of these things are skills you can learn. I did some research recently and discovered only 7% of organizations think of leadership and development training to be something useful to them. And it's something like 4% think leadership development is fundamental to business strategy. I think that was in a Harvard Business Publishing um, study uh, published. Uh, Harvard Business Publishing published the study. (laughs) And I think, so what happens is People who kind of figure out the skills get promoted, but other people aren't necessarily getting training or educated on what that skill is, what it means, and how to bring it to the table. Yeah, yeah. So what are, what are some of the other skills that people need today um, 
Well, I think we're going to get into that a little further. So this is one of the questions that I, I re- work with resume writers and even they struggle with. Yeah. What's the difference yeah. between a leader, a manager, and an executive? So I think of, you can be a leader at any level. You don't need people to report to you to be a leader. A leader is someone who sets the tone, inspires others, gets kind of people on board and and sort of coalesce in the same direction and really so everybody's moving toward a common goal. You could be, you could have any role on a team and be that person. Uh, A manager is someone with a title, but they are typically focused on execution. They're the person who's going to make sure a thing gets done. Um, they're focused on tactics. How are we going to get here from there from here? What are we going to actually do? Who's doing what uh, project assignments? And they may be more directly responsible for the management of the performance of their staff. An executive leader really starts to move into that space of strategy that we were just talking about. That's the person with vision who's saying, here's where we really want to go. Here's what we're really trying to accomplish. Here's what we're about. Here's the strategy that we're going to use to get there. And then they're overseeing the execution. They also today need to be inspiring their people and their teams. They're the ones who are setting the tone really for corporate culture as an executive leader. You can only do so much in terms of corporate culture from the grassroots level. A lot of those decisions and and setting the tone for how an organization is going to operate and interact comes at the executive level. Today, I found that some of the key skills that are looked for in an executive level leader that wasn't necessarily the case, say, five, ten years ago, are a focus on efficiency and process improvement. They are very clear on the return on investment of anything that gets done. What's What's the bottom line dollar value of what we're doing? What's the bottom line outcome? And then really another key element for them today is employee engagement. How do we take care of our employees? How do we keep them engaged? How do we keep our employees? How do we, how do we help them be high performing and, and do high quality work and feel good about being here? Yeah, that is a challenge today, isn't it? It's but, uh, you know, the record numbers of people looking to change careers, leaders really need to step up and be able to address that. Without a doubt, yeah. More so now than ever before, I think. So you touched on this a little bit before, um, but what are some of those qualities that help a leader be seen? And I think this is even more true or more challenging now that we're talking about, you know, virtual workplaces and leaders might be in the office, but a lot of them are, are virtual as well. You know, how do they get visible and be seen as a leader today, especially if they're looking to try to make that step up? I think the first thing comes down to communication. How do you communicate up? How do you communicate across? And how do you communicate to your teams? Now, most people who hit some kind of team leader or management position know how to communicate to their teams fairly well. They're finding, you know, they've known how to communicate with them for a while. But in order to be seen as a leader and make sure that what you're doing is recognized and visible within an organization, you need to know how to communicate up. And most people, in my experience, are not taught how to communicate up the line to their manager, their VP, their executive. The further I communicate, (laughs) you really need to keep it really simple. You need to start with um, 
typically when we're communicating across or down, uh, down is in at a, to a to a, an individual contributor versus someone who's a who's a peer manager level. Um, we speak in very detailed terms. We, we start with the details. We, we, we speak about the details a lot. When you're communicating up, you need to start summarizing. There's the term executive summary, and that exists for a reason. We're trying to distill everything down to get to the point. And that's the first thing people need to learn how to do. As you're communicating up, you got to get to the point first. And then if somebody asks or is interested in the details, they will ask for them. And so that can be something that most people don't learn how to do. Some people figure it out, but it's high value to be able to report up and communicate up in that way. The next thing is you have to remember to tell people what you're responsible for and what you've accomplished. So it's not just um, my team did that, which is fabulous, giving credit to your team as many servant leaders do really sharing the credit, building up their teams and and the people who've worked with them is great. But you also have to say, that's my team. I led them and they did this thing. They accomplished this. And the more you can begin to tie what that achievement or completion or that project was to a bottom line number, either dollars or percentages or some sort of cost savings, the more likely you are to be seen and recognized uh, and valued for what you're bringing. Yeah, that piece of it is challenging for people, um, as you were talking about earlier, that bragging. But I'm guessing that we've got some tricks that we'll talk about in our next segment about how you can do that in a way that doesn't sound like bragging. Because nobody likes a bragger, but that doesn't mean you can't tell your, you you don't get to tell your story. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll dive in further to some of the skills that you need to have to be able to take advantage of that leadership role. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. 
You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Lori Howard about how you can take that next step up in your leadership journey. And Lori, we've been talking about how executives and and really, you know, any kind of leader or anyone that wants that promotion needs to be able to speak to their accomplishments, speak to their their scope, but definitely to their accomplishments and what they have achieved. And this is an area where people typically struggle because they start to say, you know, I don't want to brag. I don't want people to think I'm uh, arrogant. What are some quick tips for people to talk about these important qualities of themselves and their specific results without sounding like they're bragging? Yeah, I think one thing that I like to help my clients do is reframe how we're looking at this. One, One way to do that is to think of this as, this is information that the people in your organization, organization who are not part of your team need to know. It is helpful for them to understand how the work you do and the work your, your team does is contributing to the bottom line of the company, how they have succeeded. Um, one, everybody loves to get good news. So why wouldn't you want to tell people what good things are happening and how you're contributing? The other thing is that if you don't tell them, no one else will. So they can't know that about you if you don't tell them because, um, because like I said before, unless it's a problem, it doesn't typically run across their desk as something they have to focus on. They're focused on things they have to solve. So I think when you start by reframing it in that way, it helps you realize, oh, I'm not necessarily bragging. I'm just giving them information about who's responsible for these things and that this is something I'm doing that might be a value to the rest of the organization. The other thing is that as a leader, um, and certainly as an executive leader, you have, you have an opportunity to have a greater impact on the organization. And if you're having a positive impact on your team and on the organization, that company needs to know about you so that you can be promoted or moved to a new level of responsibility so that you can have an even greater impact with the work you do on the people who work for you, on the company, and, you know, on the world at large through, through whatever services your organization provides. Right, and, and the stories of success, you said earlier, you mentioned that it is about your team, but we also have to kind of balance that with the individual contribution that you're making. So you talk yeah. about your team and what they achieve, because that's important. 
but I've hired people and it wasn't at this level. I'm sure people at this level don't do this, right? But I have hired people that really couldn't tell you a success story without talking about what everyone else did. And it feels a little odd when you're that leader at that level that you really need to be able to speak to your contribution. Right. And that's true if you're in a company or if you're interviewing. If you don't take credit for what you did and don't tell someone, no one can know. And you, just because you're telling someone what you did, that's just facts. That's data they need. Certainly in an interview situation, right? You have maybe 30 minutes to communicate, to tell someone all the important things about you. So, because they don't have time to get to know you. They don't get to spend weeks hanging out with you, watching you, seeing what you do. So you have to be able to deliver that information to them in a short, concise fashion. You can practice that with your manager, with your, uh, with your vice president, whoever, your director, whoever is above you. You can practice that right there. And that person needs the information in that kind of concise way as well. They have a whole job that's not about what you do. So if you can report into them, this is what's going well, here's how I handled this, here's what I did, and by the way, this is my team and I'm leading them. So whatever they do, part of that is because of me. That's not bragging. That's giving someone the information so that they know, one, you're leading them. They're not just running off willy-nilly and doing all fabulous things. You're the one who helped that. If it wasn't for you there to lead them, they wouldn't be working that way, most likely. Right. And then talking about your unique approach or those things that, yeah, yeah, your style So what are you seeing right now that people in these roles need to be doing for 2021? We talked about it a little bit earlier with the remote leadership, but what else do people really need to be talking about at this level for 2021 and beyond? So for 2021 and beyond, in addition to the things we've been talking about, uh, and those really, those things we've been talking about kind of stand the test of time. Those are always true. I think a couple of top issues that I'm seeing are, one, how do you take care of your employees? Employee wellness, you know, before the pandemic, employee engagement was a thing um, that people were talking a lot about. How do we keep our employees engaged? That has moved up a bit to being, how do our employees feel cared for? How are we taking care of our people so that they want to stay and are enabled and empowered to give us their best? Uh, that's something, and what does that translate to in real world terms? Like what, it, as opposed to, we're no longer just checking boxes, right? We're now looking at, we need to be having conversations about how does that look? What is the experience of employees feeling cared for? I see articles every day where employees at, of all levels and at all ages are just leaving companies because they're burnt out and they're done. They're tired of putting up with whatever it is they feel like they've had to put up with. Um, I think another issue is diversity, like, and and it's and diversity in 2021 and beyond seems to be a little bit more. What does that mean? How do we really implement diversity? Diversity is hard, right? It's real. Not that you know, mixed demographics are one thing, but when you start looking at diversity of thought and making sure you're building teams of different ideas and with different ways of thinking and different styles. It's hard to work with people who aren't just like you, you know, <laughs> it's, um, it's like, oh, we have to put some effort into it and it takes some training 
to learn how to do that. But we need that kind of diversity so that we can handle the next pandemic or the next surprise disruption that comes along. Um, and I think that's the other thing companies are really and leaders really are looking at. How do we how do we prepare to pivot and be innovative as we move forward when either because by choice or because something has shifted? Yeah, it, that is it's a different mindset around diversity today and it, it can't be you know, even hearing stories of diverse candidates saying they don't go to workplaces where they feel like it will be because they are the token, whatever, token right. female, token, yeah. G, you know, LGBTQ. So there's, yeah. it, it is different and it's important for leaders to be able to talk that language. Um, yeah. Yeah. And really work out what does this mean and what does this mean in our organization and what does this mean in my team? How am I bringing diversity of thought, of perspective, of culture, of, you know, whatever, of all of all types, how am I really bringing that in and leveraging that so that we can do, um, so that we can, we can do more and be more and have a bigger impact. Yeah. Well, just fun here at the end. Tell me what famous person you'd like to meet and what you would ask them. Oh, you know, I don't know that a lot of people have heard of her, but um, I, through a series of books, was stumbled upon this woman named Dorothea Brand, and she wrote a book called Wake Up and Live. She wrote, mostly she wrote to writers um, and taught classes for writers, but she was this woman who wrote, the, wrote this inspirational book in right around the Depression uh, era, and I am just so awed by her. Uh, she wrote one nonfiction book, which is called Wake Up and Live, but her tagline on that is, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? And I find that so empowering. And I love that she was a woman in the 30s. She was a reporter, which impresses me because that's pretty amazing. She lived in Chicago and was a journalist here. She was well-educated. And her book is not written to, it's not written like most books of that like I would have expected. It's not, oh, here's how women handle things. Here's how men handle things. It's not so gender specific. It's, it's written, um, it's written like, a, like I just want to follow her around everywhere. I want her to follow me around and chastise me for the things that I'm not doing properly. <laughs> like, for when I'm not having the proper mindset and when I give up too early, I feel like she would. She would be going, Lori, get up. What are you doing? Don't quit. What's wrong with you? Um, she's just, uh, there's something about her and I haven't found a biography on her or anything, but I could read that book over and over again. And I just love that she was a woman in a time when women didn't really have that kind of position. And she speaks to people. She's writing to people, not just to women. She's not talking about being a wife and mother, although she has some slight references to it somewhere near the end of the book. Um, yeah, I would love to meet her. I would love to have breakfast with her. I'd love to follow her around for a day and see how she handles people. Yeah, well, that's fun. I'll have to look that one up. <laughs> and you created a giveaway for our audience. So go ahead and share I, how people can find that. Yeah, so I created a giveaway specifically for your audience. It's a leadership self-assessment so you can really... 
uh, go in and take the survey and see how your skills are stacking up as a leader today. Uh, and uh, so the link for that, you just go to my website, lauriehowardcoaching.com forward slash career confidant. So uh, I named it after this particular, after the podcast, after the radio show, so that it would be easy to remember. Um, yeah, and so you'll have free access to the assessment, and then if you're interested in talking further about your leadership skills or, or your career as an executive leader, you can then schedule a consult with me, and we can talk about your assessment and uh, what the best way is for you to move forward, and so you can have the impact you want to have and get paid what you deserve. Oh, Lori, thank you so much. So, LoriHowardCoaching.com backslash career confidant and that's a confidant with an e so thank you so much for joining us Lori. and uh we we really appreciated all your tips to get leadership into the 2021 and beyond yeah thank you marie it's been my pleasure thanks for having me yeah so we will take a short break we'll be back here on the career confidant but thank you so much again for joining us Lori. thank you All right, we'll be back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking with Lori Howard about leadership and really taking that step up into leadership. And at the executive level, you know, we were talking about how you need to be able to speak to your contributions, what you've achieved. And this is really so true at any level of the organization. And what makes that more 
palatable for both you and the people that are listening to you is to really do it consistently and and a relatable, authentic, and authentic's maybe not the right word here, but it's just being able to talk about it in a conversational way every day. And so how do you achieve that? How do you make it not awkward when you're going to talk to your accomplishments with your boss or with your team or with the larger organization? And I just was thinking of a few ways that you can do this. First, and this is underlying the success of, of us all, to know what you want to be known for. What do you want to be known for? What is most important to you? How do you want people to describe you, to remember you? And this is the idea, well, it's part of the idea of personal branding. It's your reputation. But it's really, you know, what do you what do you what do you right now? What would people say about you? But then, what are you becoming, or what do you want to be known for now and in the future? Because if you can pin that down, and we talked a little bit about strategic, so you want to really want to be known for that strategy, that vision. Maybe you really want to be known for how you treat people and your team. When you really focus in on one or two things that you want to be known for, then it's easy to figure out how your stories can fit into that framework and you can be consistent with how you tell them and that makes you more memorable. So let's think about a leader and maybe even not a very popular leader, right? All good brands attract and repel so good brands you'll actually find people that love them and people that hate them because it invokes emotion if people are like eh then it just doesn't do anything right so one of the big people in the news right now elon musk he wants i don't know if he thinks about it like this but he's known for innovation maybe being a little bit eccentric But it's really all about innovation and difference and pushing the envelope and whatever other cliche you might want to throw out there. And we all know him for that. And when you think about that brand, because it's consistent in everything he does and everything he talks about in his interviews, it's memorable. You know him. You know what he stands for. When you in a le- as a leader can pin that down for yourself, then you don't have to do as much talking about yourself because people know what you are, who you are, what you stand for, what they can expect when they work with you. And as you start to build that and communicate that and be consistent with that, then you create what I love about a good personal brand it attracts. It also repels, but it attracts, which means you don't have to be pushy. You don't have to feel like you're bragging. You don't have to have that push that feels awkward because when you're consistently communicating a message, it starts to attract people that want to work with that, want to work with you. So what is it about you that you want people to see? 
It has to be authentic. It can't be fabricated. People will see through that. What is it about you, who you already are, how you work, that you want people to see? This is the work we do with our certified personal branding strategists. We give them a framework to help their clients go through this. And we've had people that have been doing this work for almost 20 years, really diving deep to help you figure out who are you. And then looking at your audience, because that's important. How you communicate is going to depend on who that target audience is, who needs to know you. And then what do you want them to know about you? What do you want to be known for? And when you can start being consistent with that, it really makes it so much easier to attract the right opportunities, to get known, to be visible for what you want to be known for because you are clear. You can also take opportunities that fit, whether that's a project or an internal opportunity or an external opportunity. You take that opportunity that fits, that matters, that demonstrates who you are, and you turn down those opportunities that are going to muddy the waters that are gonna confuse the people that you're working with. The other thing that I love about this is when you really get clear about what you wanna be known for, and you start to think about talking about your stories in that manner, then those stories are consistent. As Lori was talking about, it, you know, if you wanna be known for your leadership, you wanna be known as that inclusive leader, you wanna be known as um, that person that's really focused on the employee relations, then when you tell stories, every story is going to have that element. Every story is going to talk about how that was important, how it was achieved, how it was accomplished. And people start to, to see that about you, to recognize that and are attracted to it if it's the right fit for them. And when you think about telling those stories, some of the other language that can be helpful for people is really thinking about telling those stories in terms of what it meant to you and how it felt or how it made an impact for others. So I really enjoyed working on this project because of X, Y, or Z. And it really delivered this for the audience. It brought this together. It made this happen. And when you can tell stories in that manner, then it helps them not feel like bragging. When I talk to coaches about this and we think about, you know, marketing your coaching business really isn't that different than trying to build visibility for yourself as a leader. I think about framing the hero story in a little bit different light. So instead of being the hero of all the stories, which can feel bragging, feel, you know, maybe it just doesn't fit right. Why not let your team or even your customer, and in a coach's case, of course, it's our client, be the hero. And you take the role as the leader, the guide, the person that offers the framework, the vision, the resources, you still want to talk about what your role was in accomplishing that, but your team can still be the heroes. Your customer could still be the hero. You take the role that's appropriate to demonstrate the skill sets and build the visibility around the brand that you want to be building. 
might make it easier to tell the story, might make it easier to tell the story more often or in other situations because it's not all about you. You don't have to wait until an interview when someone asks you a question and it's all about you. could be in a team meeting. Really enjoyed working on this project because of X, Y, or Z and you're talking to your leadership. And Lori hit on this, the triangle communication. When you're communicating up, always start with the outcome. That doesn't mean that we still can't talk about the story and your key parts of that story, your key contributions that reflect towards your brand. When you're clear on that and you're not trying to talk about everything that you did, everything that you added, just hitting on those highlights that point out the qualities you want to be known for, it streamlines the story It builds that consistency, and it lets you get to the point first, have your results, and then backfill with those pieces, the context that's really important for them to understand who you are and what you bring to every situation that you tackle. This is important for all of us today, especially as we move towards uh, more virtual conversations, more inclusive conversations, to be thoughtful about how we're telling the stories, the, the language that we're using, what does that mean about us as a leader, as an employee, as a communicator, and then to be able to communicate in the style that fits our audience, which if we're talking about presenting to a board, presenting to an executive team really is the data, the results, and then the backstory. And I've got a little story about that for you uh, that we'll dive into after break to kind of illustrate this point of how those stories come together and how you can adjust them depending on the audience that that you're presenting to. So we'll take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking with Lori Howard. And if you missed uh, that conversation earlier, recommend you go back and listen to that when the recording's available. She shared what you can do to stand out as a leader, how you can move up into leadership, and specifically in that executive leadership role. And uh, if we're thinking about moving up into leadership, and she hit on this, it's really about how can you communicate at the level that your audience is expecting. So I was working with a client a few years ago who was in a leadership role and had to present to her executive team. And this was a first opportunity for her to present to the executive team. And she had, she worked in the, actually the diversity space and she had all these stories of how their programs had changed people's lives, very powerful stories. She was presenting to the CFO and she'd had some feedback from someone else on the team that that type of presentation just was not going to be appealing to him, which was frustrating to her, right? These very powerful stories. And I said, well, what does matter to him? CFO finances, right? What does this mean for the organization's finances? And She did some digging, came back, and she'd actually found some really great data around the financial impact of their programs. I can't remember all the details, but she had great financial results from the impact to the organization and some impact in the community because of their programs. So what she did was built a a presentation that spoke to those first. Then she backfilled in some of the stories and the context that aligned with and kind of brought the data to life. And it was an incredibly powerful presentation. It was received very well by the executive team. And that's what we wanna be thinking about. What does your audience care about the most? And typically, when you're dealing with a board or executive level team that you're presenting to, the bottom line results is where we want to start. And then you put the context around it, the stories, the how it happened, or, you know, a little bit more about the impact that isn't in the numbers. And that's this triangle communication method that we start with the point and then we fill in the context. It's also a very powerful email structure if you're emailing people. Start with the point, what do you want them to do? You know, what are the results or the actions? And then what's the context? It is counterintuitive for a lot of us because we think, you know, the story first, the context first, and then you get to the result. But when you're talking to, you know, people above you, it really does come across as you having everything together and clean, clear presentation when you can lead with that result and or the actions and that you want them to take, right? Next steps. So results and next steps and then the 
the context, the story, the pieces that make up the puzzle. When you think about your audience as well, it can be very depending on the executive level that you're speaking to and what's really important to them. What are they looking for out of this communication? When you're going into a board presentation to have enough direction to understand what's really important to them, what are the key points and you want to lead with those. When you are talking about yourself or the time, the things that your team has achieved, this is where I was talking about just a minute ago, really keying in on what's most important. What are the, what are the aspects of my contribution that are most important for them to see? Because the cleaner and more clear, as well as connected to the overall goal, but also connected to your goal, the more connected those pieces are, the easier the the story will flow. What do you want people to really know about you? What do they need to know about you? And stick to just that information so that it doesn't feel like bragging, so it doesn't get overwhelming, it doesn't overshadow the rest of the team or or whatever it is and it's just focused on what they need to know about you to see your differentiators to see your impact to see how you're going to bring value to that next level role the next project whatever it is that might be your goal as you move forward and this is really part of building our visibility that all of us can work on. What do you want to be known for? And how are you communicating that internally as well as externally? Using your company conversation tools, are you visible on whatever tools your company's using, Slack or Teams or whatever it might be? Are you appropriately visible there? Are you supporting other people? Because if your brand is built around how supportive of a leader you are, but you're not there showing up daily or whatever's appropriate to support people, it's hollow. If your brand is built around innovation, but you're not you know, entering the company's innovation contest or your team isn't or whatever that might be, you need to take advantage of and really key in on the opportunities that build your brand in the direction you want to go. Because when you do that consistently, it makes it easier for people to see you, makes it easier to get known, and it makes it less of a forceful push by you to be visible, to get known, to have people see you. If you want that visibility internally, look for all those internal opportunities. If you want that external opportunity, you know, if you're looking at my next move will probably be external to my company, you still want to do the internal stuff because you can't expect people to support your moves externally if you haven't been building and living that brand internally. But you've also got to focus then on the external. What does your social media look like? What is your what is your 
industry participation look like? What would people in the industry say about you? And choosing those platforms that are going to give you an opportunity to make those connections, build those relationships authentically, in a dual dual road, right, where you're giving and they're giving and you're actually building that relationship. And then also building that visibility so that you can be known by the people who need to know you before that application even becomes across their desk. And as we move into this new job search space, and the, the data is all over the board a little bit. You know, in Monster, I think Monster put out a study that said 90% of people were looking for a, their next role. That seems a little bit high to me, but the, the data is somewhere 30% plus of people are looking to change careers, looking to make a shift. That means there's going to be competition for all jobs at all levels, even though there's a lot of jobs right now. And that means that you're going to have to cut through the clutter. You have to cut through the clutter internally. I think there's record numbers of internal applicants for positions right now, too. I read, you know, that data as well. You're going to have to cut through the noise externally. Build your brand, figure out what it is you want to be known for, and then seek out those opportunities to demonstrate that one or two key quality. Tell stories that reinforce it. Be clear with your communications. And always, always, always thinking about your audience. It doesn't make your communication, your story any less authentic if we're adjusting it to connect with the audience. What do they really care about? What do they need to know about? How can I make sure I get their point across first? Because that's going to make it more effective. It's going to engage that audience. And it's going to make it that much more memorable. Rememberable, isn't that a word? (laughs) It's going to make it that much more memorable if you're consistent in telling those stories. Well, I'm excited. So next week, we've got another great guest talking about interviewing and interview preparation. If you are looking to interview internally or externally, you'll want to join us next week and listen in to Denise Bittler and, and the expertise that she is going to share with you. If you have ideas for the show, please feel free to email me, Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We had so much fun addressing one of our topics brought to us by a listener just last week and always looking for ways that we can make sure we're addressing your questions, your concerns. Please feel free to reach out to me, and we'll look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on...